Jumbo Ekabo, welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Dio Lateru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Welcome back to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This is episode number 90, and I'm your host. So, funny story to start this episode. So, you know, I moved to Japan two months ago, and, you know, before coming to Japan, you know, Everything you see online talks about this toilet. I thought it was honestly overdone. You know, the toilets are warm when you sit on them. And then, you know, there's the bidet built in so it can wipe you down, all of that. And in some toilets, when you walk in, the toilet seat opens. It's like motion sensitive. Um, not all, but some. So... You know, I stayed in temporary housing for the first 30 days and my bathroom there, my toilet was one that was motion sensitive. So when I would walk in, um, not only would the lights turn on, but the um, toilet seats would open and it would also flush automatically when I'm done. And so in 30 days, I forgot what it was like to have to turn on the lights in the toilet or have to open the toilet seat or even have to flush. And so I moved into my own apartment one month later and my lights are not um, automatic. Imagine I have to press flush. It doesn't flush automatically. And um, of course, the toilet seat is open. It's not automatically open and closed. And for the first week in my apartment, I kept forgetting to flush because I was already used to just doing my business and getting up because the toilet would take care of things for itself. And so I started thinking about this and I was like, isn't this how lifestyle creep works. Like you easily adjust to the soft life. I don't blame anybody. Like look at me in one month, I forgot how to flush a toilet. <laughs> so after a couple of times of coming back to a messy toilet, cause I forgot to flush, I had to relearn and humble myself. <laughs> and so now we're back on track. Um, but anyway, in this week's episode, I'm talking about, with the analogy of me and my toilet problem, um, talking about just the ease of lifestyle creep, the ease of lifestyle inflation, and how to just check ourselves to make sure we're not totally losing it, especially as our income levels increase. And so the good people at Investopedia um, talk about lifestyle inflation or lifestyle creep. Those terms are used interchangeably. And it is the increase in spending when an individual's income goes up. 
And so lifestyle inflation tends to become greater every time the individual gets a raise. And it can make it difficult to, you know, get out of debt, save for retirement, or just in general, meet other big picture financial goals. So, for example, you get a $10,000 raise and you buy a car for $10,000. So, essentially, the whole raise is gone to one expense. And so, your lifestyle creeps up as you earn more. And so, the general conversation, and I've posted about lifestyle creep many times, I think, on social media. Um, The general conversation around avoiding lifestyle inflation or lifestyle creep is this. It is that you shouldn't let your spending increase as your income does. Instead, maintain the same budget and then save and or invest or pay off debt with the difference. And to be honest, it works. I mean, this is what I did largely when I was paying off my debt. And even for the first six years of my career, I lived in the same apartment um, until, you know, as a first year on the job, as I did in my first year as a manager. I drove the same car for those six years. And in doing so, I kept my largest fixed expenses flat and then used my raises to increase my 401k percentage and put money aside in an IRA. I was also able to start to put a bit more towards travel. And so by keeping my rent at $750 for six years and my landlord, God bless him, he only increased the rent in the sixth year and by $35. (laughs) And so looking back, that really set me up to save and invest as my income grew from $50,000 as a first year to about $75,000 or $80,000 as a first year manager in those six years. And so while I never maxed out my 401k, I did go from putting 6% in my first year to 15% in that sixth year. I also grew from putting $100 a month to my Roth IRA for a total of $1,200 a year to being able to put aside the max of $5,000 a year at the time. And this incremental investing was only possible because I kept my expenses low. I kept my expenses the same. And by doing so, I increased my disposable income rate. Um, And at that time, it felt like slow progress. But the thing about slow progress is this, is that, you know, it can be hard to see or feel unless you actually track it. Um, But the impact always compounds over time. Um, And now that's a great story. Um, But has that continued to be the case for me? Um, I'll say yes and no to an extent. Yeah. Um, I'll also be honest and say that my tastes, you know, is a little different right now. It's, you know, I like slightly nicer things. Um, and there's 
absolutely, in my opinion, again, my opinion, not financial advice. <laughs> my opinion is that, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with treating yourself with your hard-end income to luxury purchases, nice-to-haves, nicer experiences, or just upgrading things you genuinely care about, or just spending money to improve the quality of your life. Like, I know I do it, and then I do it quite often, and I've done it over time. Um, however, there is something wrong with upgrading items for the sake of upgrading items, um, just because you now earn more, or at a pace that outruns your earnings. And um, I also want to talk about this other point in that there is a difference between making more money and finally being able to afford more than the bare minimum, you know, being able to get some nicer things or pay for services that vastly improve your quality of life. Um, versus the other hand, where you're just getting the more expensive version of everything just because you have more money coming in. And a lot of time, a lot of times when people talk about lifestyle creep, they don't talk about the, the nuance, right? The nuance of sometimes before you are just in survival mode and maybe when you get that raise, you can relax a bit. You're not being wasteful, but you're okay saying you'll take your kids for ice cream once a month or something like that. That's not wasteful. So for example, right, a working couple have their hands full and they've always wanted to have help with cleaning the house, you know, and they get a raise and they decide to allocate some of that money to pay someone and do a deep clean once a month. In doing so, you know, they save energy <laughs> um, and they're also able to spend that time doing whatever it is they want, whether it's sleeping in, whether it's spending time with the kids or whether it's just having some me time or couple time, whatever that is. Um, so I would see that as, you know, improving your quality of life or even a more basic example where, um, you know, things were always tight for a family and um, now they can finally afford to own their own car or afford to get braces for the teenage child or something of the sort. Like, I don't see that as, as a lifestyle creep. Now, in these two examples, and I know from experience after, you know, struggling financially for a bit that, you know, when your income increases, you know, I think we can end up on two ends of the spectrum, right? So on one end, you can go off and buy everything you have ever even thought of. <laughs> and then on the other end, you could feel so guilty um, or you're so accustomed to the grind and the struggle and being in survival mode that you're not able to allow yourself or you don't you have not you have not deemed yourself worthy of such quote unquote luxuries. And so, you know, I I personally only officially started getting you know, regular cleanings of my home done by somebody else, you know, this year. 
Um, same thing for like getting my nails done regularly. I would get my nails done on special occasions and things like that. Um, and so previously I just didn't feel like I could justify it. I didn't feel like my, my financial padding was there enough to justify those things that are once in my mind. I didn't think my life was lush enough for me to not scrub my bathroom myself that I'm like, "Ah, who do you think you are? Um, and, um, you know, I, I have to have a talking to myself and I, you know, you've done this, you've worked hard, you've raised your income. It's okay for you to pay somebody to help you clean your home so that you have the time to do something else or, you know, also save your back. And, and for me, when looking for vendors like that, 100%, I'm going to either look for a woman-owned business or a minority-owned business or, you know, something that kind of captures both as well. Um, and so, you know, what I did was I, I eased myself into it. I first started getting a deep cleaning every few months, and then I introduced the monthly cleaning and my goodness, what a relief <laughs> and time saving, of course. Um, and you won't believe that this same me, this same 2023, I now have somebody clean my apartment in Tokyo every other week. Hey, can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> um, but to be fair, caveat, before somebody listens to this now and takes it out of context um, and says this said we can get cleaning every two weeks. No, do what works, what you decide is right for you. I'm just sharing my story from thinking, oh, why are you paying someone to now doing it twice a month? But I should caveat that the cost of cleaning every two weeks in Tokyo is the cost of one cleaning in America. So it is cheaper here. Um, so we'll see what happens when I, when I return to the U.S. Because now, to be honest, I'm used to this. The lifestyle has crept and it cannot uncreep. So <laughs> I don't want to go back. So we'll see how we can make it work. Um, but going back to the toilet experience and, and the toilet seat, you know, even for the most simple down-to-earth or whatever term, you know, we might choose to, to, to call it, um, it is so easy to get comfortable with comfort. <laughs> um, and as my people say, who no like enjoyment? Who doesn't like comfort? Who doesn't like the nicer things? Um, and I guess my point is that um, lifestyle creep creeps up on you all puns intended. And so, you know, how can you make room for improving the quality of your life without soft lifing yourself into an empty bank account or racking up credit card debt? A couple of things, really four things. Number one, decide what to do before the raise. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get a raise in six months in your head. You have decided how much it is. No, I think once you have the communication from your company that, hey, you're getting this raise, it's effective this date, before it hits your bank account, sit down, look at your numbers and decide where that money is going to go. You get in the driver's seat, right? Um, you know, 
give yourself some wants, right? But also have a plan to to use part of the raise to either save or invest or give or pay down debts, depending on your personal situation and priorities. Um, I think the best thing to do that I always did and I've always done is to always, especially if you're still developing the habits and building that muscle of saving and investing, is to um, automate saving and investing first or paying off debt, whatever your priority is to do with that money. So let's say you're getting, you know, an increase, you know, increase your 401k percentage just before the raise is effective, um, increase your automated savings, right? Just so that it comes in, it comes out. Or if you go via your 401k your, or your work pension investment, you don't even see the money. And then you live on what's left, right? Um, another thing to do is just get some accountability, right? Tell somebody to say, hey, <laughs> you know, I need to rein things in. You know, if you see me shopping too much, if you see me eating out too much, you know, please check on me. Please hold me accountable. Be specific and give them the the right to hold you accountable. Um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, for anybody that's already pretty far down the lifestyle inflation um, journey or down the hole of lifestyle creep. And, you know, you might need extreme measures to kind of get things back on track or under control. Then you may need to do something as quote unquote extreme as downsizing your home or car. Maybe you bought a car that's really outside your budget at this time and things are really tight because of that expensive car payment. It's still a good time to sell cars. Sell your car and buy, you know, buy an equally good car that does the job and is safe, but maybe doesn't have, you know, a $2,000 monthly payment or something like that. And so if you're able to reduce your biggest expense, then you're able to get back in control on what you do with your disposable income. And so, you know, I'll be honest and say that, yes, I lived in the same apartment for the first six years, but since then, my lifestyle has inflated a bit over the years and and more so in the last six years, right? So, for example, I bought a car in 2018, the second car I've ever owned, and I, I put it in the affordable luxury. It's an Acura, so entry-level luxury car. It was used. It was it was three years old. It was a 2015 car I bought in 2018. I love the chocolate leather seats, and I'll never go back to cloth seats. That's just me being honest. Um, it drove quietly. You know, you didn't hear all the noise outside. I didn't realize that my previous car, you know, was not quiet until I drove in this car. I'm like, ah, this thing is quiet. It's quiet in here. Even your times you go through small bumps, it doesn't shake the car like that, you know. And so I loved it. And um, I also paid for it in cash. I promised myself after my first car where I I had zero down payments, (laughs) I didn't have anything. I borrowed 100%. I told myself I would never take a car loan again. Probably extreme, but that was just my response to being so like 
I have nothing down. Anyway, long story short. So I did pay for this affordable luxury car with savings. Um, and so I would say that most of my lifestyle creep has been by choice, right? Sorry about the noise. Um, it has been by choice and it has been supported by raises in my income. Um, but only after I first prioritize my financial goals. I think in maybe 2019, I maybe probably over-traveled that I had to then take money out of savings to pay off my travel credit card, which is not a proud moment. Um, and so I do like nicer things in some aspects of my life that I would not even have considered 10 years ago. So, you know, it's also taught me to, to never say never because it's very easy to stand and look at somebody and be like, oh my God, I can't believe they spent money on that. Um, whereas it may just be that they may just have more money than us. And so maybe if we have access to that same level of cash, we may make the same choices or we may just have other things that we choose to spend money on and it doesn't make us better or worse than them. Um, and so, you know, where I live, where I stay, for example, hotels, my friends will tell you, I will not stay just anywhere. I'm always looking for good value, but the hotel must be nice. You know, I'm not one of those that are like, ah, we're just there to sleep. No, I, the ambiance sets the tone for my whole trip. So no, 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 I'm not going to stay anywhere. I'd rather sit at home. My home is fine too. My home is okay. <laughs> um, Sorry, my, 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 I need to turn off my no notification sound on my cell phone. Sorry, just did that. Um, but then on the flip side, I, again, I would also spend more money to have a direct flight because my time uh, is, is worth the extra for me. But on the flip side, like I always say, I'm not a foodie, so you will hardly see me throwing money at an expensive restaurant. It just isn't my thing. Not that it's not a good way to spend money, but I'm just saying that even when you have areas of lifestyle creep, let it be balanced. Let there be other aspects of your life where you're not spending top dollar, right? Um, and when I got promoted to partner this year, um, I had a couple of people make comments on, okay, how I'm going to upgrade my car and other things in my life. And, you know, I shared in an earlier episode, you know, how I'm, how I allocated spending my raise and, and that remains the same, right? So I allocated a little bit more for my wants and enjoyment, but the bulk of my um, of my raise is going to saving and investing. Um, at this point, I don't have a desire for a Mercedes or a more significantly expensive car, um, but maybe I want an electric car. And I'm hoping to God that by the time I return to the U.S., Elon Musk will have some some more competition. Um, and so I feel like I started bubbling a bit, but I hope you get the point. I was just sharing personal examples to just bring this to life. Um, and so the point of this whole episode <laughs> is that I've heard it said that lifestyle inflation is the silent killer of budgets. 
And and I think that that's a fitting name because this thing will creep up on you in the name of soft life or you deserve it or convenience or whatever cute name we choose to call it these days to rationalize it to ourselves, to rationalize our choices. And so this is your reminder to take a look at your bills and your expenses and compare them to what they used to be. Do you have conscious lifestyle improvements or has your lifestyle crept up on you? So don't let lifestyle creep have you sabotaging yourself and your own goals. And so as we get ready you know, for the last two months of the year, getting to the last two months of the year and and just kind of prepare for the next year. I ask that you take time out in November or December, sometime before January, and take a look at how, you know, your lifestyle has changed, looked at your spending, and let me know how it goes. Let me know what you find. And um, all right, that's all I got for this episode. Cheers. Take care. See ya next week hey there thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the rich immigrant podcast before you go i'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table and as i wrap this up i'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast first please subscribe click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what, popping! And you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as we go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, odavo. See you next time.